I hope the title of the message will settle you. Pursue holiness. The point of today is to lay a foundation. The intention is to bring attention from within. Attention that will unsettle us. In the hope that we will go home and search scripture. And be like the church in Berea. In the book of Acts. That they were said to have searched scripture day after day. To see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. So as I continue in today's message, between you and me there's a Bible which you must search scripture for yourself and determine the truth of the matter. We will bring into context the scriptures we read today and hopefully come to a conclusion in the coming week. Last week we read from the book of Matthew chapter 5 where in the focus was um, the, the, the Beatitudes our blessedness in Christ. Today we are still going to pick up from the very same book Matthew 5 we will read from the last verse as a foundation or an emphasis on what we are going to be talking about. The church has been talking or under, under the theme Christian character. So as we pursue holiness, we are under the theme Christian character. There is a certain standard that is required of us as Christians or followers of Christ. I say it consciously that we are followers of Christ and not of men. God forbid, but if we should wake up tomorrow and Pastor Mutsipe says to us, he says this Jesus thing is not working for him. It would be immature of us to say if he can do it, who are we to carry on? Each one of us is on their own journey. He personally and individually accountable to God. You must never use another man's fall as an excuse to do the evil you had already pondered in your heart to do. Matthew chapter 5 verse 48. In the ESV version it reads as follows. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Let's read 
Let's agree at least on one thing in this verse. That this was Jesus speaking to a crowd. A crowd of people like you and me. So this call to perfection was not being said to angels. It was being said to human beings like you and me. He was not saying this to People who had their own families. These were people who had their own professions. The devil in their midst is the devil that we have in our midst. He calls them to perfection. And he says, You therefore must be perfect. As your heavenly father is perfect. I have a question. How many times do you hear Christians denying perfection? How many times have you heard this statement? I am not perfect. I am also a person. The funny thing is we use this as a defense mechanism. When you hear a man of God trying to defend himself and he says to his congregation you must remember that I'm only a human being. I am not perfect. That what happens when he has been caught in sin. putting a defense mechanism. He doesn't want to be remorseful. He wants to defend his sin. I want us to hold the thought. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. Chapter 1 verse 14 to 16. It reads as follows in the NLT version. So you must live as, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Ulibele Lilibana ba ukwang. Basaying kaditakato iling ining linen linalitona pil mikenya husitibi halona. Impa jolo kahali bititwe kahayali bititenga halalela. Lilo nale halalele mitamong yaluna yoti. Hallelujah. Amen. Part of Bible interpretation is to understand the literal meaning of a text. 
Before you can give us the hidden revelation, with us what is written. And that is what I wish to do with this context. The book of First Peter was addressed to believers. We, we find that in the book of, in, right there in verse 1 of chapter 1. It refers to the elect exiles in Pontus, in Galatia, in Cappadocia, in Asia, and in Bithynia. In verse 14, Peter says to the believers, he says you must in this case, he starts a sentence or a statement that does not seem to come across as a suggestion. He's putting across to the believer a compelling obligation. He says you must. You must leave as God's obedient children. You must live. So living is not just about breathing. You go to the Cambridge Dictionary. To live is to spend your life in a particular way. So let us put this into context. Peter is saying to the believer, you must spend your life in a particular way. You can't spend your life in one day. You can only spend your life over time. And only death will suspend or Firstly, let us agree that no matter how old you are, you are still a child. And so he reminds the believers who they belong to. He, he again says, not only do you belong to God, but you ought to obey him. When, when it comes to obedience, it has to do with submission. It has to do with you letting go of your own will. It has to do with you letting go of your own desires. And recognizing who rules the terms and conditions of the believer are not up to the believer. He again reminds us that if we are his children then he is our father. When you talk about fatherhood you talk about identity. When you say that this is my father, naturally speaking, 
we begin to scrutinize they use speaking and the one you are pointing to as your father we want to see is there any identical things when I look at myself in the mirror when I look at this nose I go this is my father <laughs> I look again. I see these eyes like a duplication. And so that is the natural way of things. When you say this is my father, we want to look at your walk. See if it anything about speech. And see if it resembles anything about him. And so if we say that we are children of God, what in me resembles the Father? What in our character says we are his is it the love we have for people is it the forgiveness we have for people are we as truthful as he is are we as generous as he is or are we always grumbling and complaining are we joyous people or we are forever frowning what in you resembles the father you talk about? What in spending your life says I belong to Jesus? I have said this before and I'll say it again. If there is nothing in us that shows that we are indeed the children of God, better we stop telling people we are children of God because we are lying. At the very least, if nothing of my facial feature resembles my father. If we do blood tests, there will be some identical some, there will be something identical so there us. can never be nothing that resembles <laughs> Just as our earthly parents are happy when we obey and they are grieved when we disobey, so it is with our heavenly Father. So he goes on to say, don't slip back into your old ways of living. To satisfy your own desires. This is again another instruction. He gives them a warning. And he says, don't. You see, we all have a past. One who doesn't have a past is the one who's still stuck somewhere. Yes, in what is supposed to become a past. 
Our old ways of living are our past. Because when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so the sinful nature is our past. Being sinners is our past. Why do we call it a past? Because we've become new creatures. So you cannot leave the old There's no in between. You are either new or old. But there is no in between. So we need to decide where do you want to be? When he was giving this instruction, he knew that it is very much possible to slip back into your ways. It is pure ignorance to think that once you are in Christ, you won't be tempted with sin. In actual fact, you will still sin. But this is the statement. Don't slip back into your old ways. Sleeping back into your old ways would mean that one has made a habit of living once again as a sinner. What habits? Are you living under? First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 It reads as follows Be alert and of sober mind Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour the devil is waiting to trick us back into our old ways. The day you accepted Christ, he became your number one enemy. And as an enemy, as an enemy, his mission is to pull you back on in your salvation. The worst thing you can ever do for yourself is to not take stock in your life. See, I've been vegetarian for some time. Around three years now. So, if we were fasting, and someone brought meat in front of me, you understand it's not temptation for me. I don't eat meat. But if someone had some vegetarian biryani in front of me, you see now you are tempting me. 
I might just break that fast. You need to know yourself. If you do not, the devil will catch you where he knows he'll hit hard. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. In the message version, it reads as follows. Don't be naive and self-confident. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face and easily, as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It is useless. Cultivate God confidence. It's chapter 12 verse. Chapter 10 verse 12. Chapter 10 verse 12. Ikari haemung ahaha. Chapter 1 Corinthians 10. Okay. Yeah, let's let's go through this one. Don't be naive. Don't be naive and self-confident. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It is useless. Cultivate God confidence. NIV says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. The day you start standing and think you are the best Christian that Cosmo City Church has ever had. It's your, it's, it's your way down. Cultivate God confidence. He says, do not slip back into your old ways. The question is, are we still in the path of Christ? Or have we slipped back as a church? When you look at your life, are you still in the Christ way? Or have you slipped back? Don't, don't respond. Have a conversation with yourself and your father. In your community, are you still representing Christ? When you look at your life, at work, does it still resemble Christ? In your families, is it still resembling Christ? And most importantly, your love for Christ, have you moved away from your first love? Are you still steadfast in the faith? Are 
Are you still praying? Is your Bible gathering dust or is it being read? The mistake we do is to think that sin is always doing. Sin can also be not doing. If God commands us or tells us that we should pray without ceasing. <laughs> and we don't. We can conclude. That indeed we are sinning. If this word is not supposed to depart from our mouth. And there is no sign of it. Then we are sinning. The mistake is to think that it is only in the doing that we sin. Omission can also be seen. He goes on to say, Then you did not know better. Let me read this verse um, incomplete. It says, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back to your old ways and satisfy your old desires. You didn't know any better then. He says, when you were still sinners, you didn't know any better. That would also imply that at this point, you have no excuse for your actions. One day you will stand before the Father and give an account of how you spent your life. And at that point, there will be no excuse. So next time, when sin seems enticing and remember now as I stand before the Father I have no excuse. Then I didn't know better. But now I have no excuse. Seems like we have just gone through one verse. He says, in verse 15, but you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. That standard of perfection once again pops up. If there's one thing I want us to get today, it's that we are called to perfection. We are called to holiness. There's a saying that says, die rich or die trying. How about we pursue holiness? And die, and die pursuing holiness. 
perfection in Christ. Peteho ho Christe. Ephesians 5:27 says, By Ephesians 5:27, He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy without fault. Ate aikemisete yona pela hai ile kereke e khanyang e senang le thibale le tsika le ha ele le tho le jwalo ka tseo impe ibe e halalelang e senang sekodi but now you must be holy in everything you do jwale halalelang ho tsohle metsamo nyohle ya lona it is a state of being. It is not governed by who is looking or who is not looking. Our goal is to please Christ. Let's stand on our feet. Pursue Holiness. Pihella Halalelo. Lord Jesus Christ. If there's one thing I pray for as we stand before you now is that you may bring to attention the small sins in our lives that are eating up our relationship with you. The battles that we are having to fight in the secret place. The sin that seems to creep up all the time. Where we are at war and we do not know the way out. The Bible says confess your sins to one another. And I pray today that you'll give us the courage, mighty Father, to go to those we can be accountable to. That we may break the cycle of sin the last day or the, 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 this is the last time sin, that we may not live as sinners, that we may not slip back into our old ways, but we may pursue, O oh God, holiness, this perfection that you have called us into. After all, your grace teaches us to say no to all ungodliness, and I pray that we may take advantage of that grace, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. I thank you, Father. Amen.